this. I have a friend of mine who is going to come up here in a second. He is from Habitat from Humanity. Now, you guys know as Resurrection Life Church, we find everything we can to partner up with our community. If we want to find our identity here at Resurrection Life Church, Iglesia Vida, it's, it's how we serve our community. It's not how we do things on a Sunday. This is our culture. This is what we do. But our identity in Christ is how we serve because Jesus, when he was with the 12, washed their feet and really flipped the script on them. And check this out, church. Even Jesus knew the heart of Judas was going to betray them, and he still washed his feet. There's something about serving. And so we've been trying to find ways. My wife and I have been praying about it for years already, finding uh, ways that we can serve our community. One of our, our, our big ones right now is, is the Holland Rescue Mission and the Gateway Center. You guys have been donating your stuff and saying, hey, I'm from Res Life. Those points have been tallying up. We've been getting these gift cards to bless families in need so they can go shopping at Gateway, get a pair of pants or shirts. And you guys are doing a phenomenal job. But we're still looking for other ways to do so. And for the last, I'd say, eight months now, I've been connected with Dave Rosman, which that's his name, Dave Rosman. Uh, and anyways, Dave, you know what? Come up here. Everyone give a hand to Dave. I'll give you the mic in a second. But this guy right here is special to me because you guys know my testimony and my story. And I actually come out of the Boys and Girls Club. And I, I'm an alumni there. My wife and I were part of the Keystone program, which really taught me the foundations of what it takes to be a leader. And Dave was my advisor at that time. Uh, and so today he works for Habitat. And we're finding ways to partner up with Habitat for Humanity. And he's going to be sharing some vision about Habitat. But I believe with all my heart and my wife believes with all our heart, we're going to find a new way, build a new bridge to serve our community with our hands and with our feet. Amen to that? Amen. So I'm going to give you, go ahead, Dave, go ahead and give a few minutes. Don't share stories. Yeah, do no, I thought I had so. five minutes to share stories on you, and then I would... He's got some stories I got when some I was a stories. teenager, so... I knew, I knew Jesse before Christ. <laughs> no, okay. but it, it is an honor to be up here yeah. and even share the stage with you, Jesse, and yeah. just see the man that you have Thank become. Thank you, man. So I appreciate it. The first time phenomenal. we actually met was at a Boys and Girls Club retreat, which, by the way, Mary, the director of Boys and Girls Club, was here. She's taking video of us because they're doing an alumni video on where, where are they now, and they decided to pick me. And so they said, Dave's coming, so how cool is this right here? So let's smile, give him a thumbs up. All right, we're good. So, no, the first time I really encountered Dave, I was in high school, and I, you know, stuck in my old ways, and... and he was more the new employee on staff at the time, a few months in, right? I'd say a few months in, and we did a fall retreat. I didn't even say hi to him. I didn't acknowledge him. I'm just like, okay, cool, another guy. Whatever. I was the one that got you there. Yeah. I didn't even know that. So, yeah, he got me there behind the scenes. And so we're playing this game in the woods, which is like a kind of a tag thing with a tennis ball, and just to kind of icebreaker, get the teenagers uh, going. You know what this guy does? He comes out from a tree. I'm pretty sure you went, ah, yeah, 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 or something. Maybe Probably. not. Okay. Yeah, so he comes out of a tree comes out of nowhere, blindsides me, and tackles me in the mud. Like, no, this is not, no, yep. okay, I tripped you up and you fell. No, it is a straight-up tackle, sliding shoulder in my, in my gut, and I'm sliding in the mud. Just the way the lions would do it. Just, <laughs> we were typically on our backs, though. That, yeah, yeah I guess true. it makes sense now. <laughs> and so as he's getting, I'm sliding, I'm full of mud, and I just, like, look at him, and I'm like, you are so cool. And that's, that sparked our relationship right I remember there. asking, I go, are you okay? And you're like, yeah. And I'm like, all right, gotcha. <laughs> so anyways, no, he's great. got more stories in the yes. foyer. But he's going to take some time just to share about Habitat. So go ahead, Dave. Yeah, Mike's awesome. Well, I appreciate the opportunity to be here with you on Sunday and just share a little bit about Lakeshore Habitat for Humanity. And 
what we value in our vision for our community. I think there's a lot of alignment with what Jesse has shared with me in the, the heart of your church. But I want to start by sharing with you a little bit about our why. Why do we do what we do? Most people have heard of Habitat before. It's one of the biggest national nonprofits in the country, but you might not really know what we do and why we do it. So our why is we believe everybody deserves a safe, decent, and affordable place to live. Right, amen. It's that simple. But unfortunately, that's not the reality. If you've paid attention to the news locally in the last few years, affordable housing is coming up time and time again, especially the lack of affordable housing. If you worked in our office, you would see and hear families coming in on a weekly basis. And some of the things that we're hearing from them is, hey, I'm currently living in a cramped situation. And what that means is there's three or four families living in a unit that was designed for one. You'll hear stories of single moms who bring their kids into one room in the winter because the, their, their unit does not have proper heat and they'll bring in space heaters into one unit or one room and cram into that unit. You'll hear stories of families that are paying more than 50% of their monthly income towards their housing costs, which leaves no margin for anything else. We hear these stories on a weekly basis and it breaks our heart. And as a ministry, we believe it breaks God's heart as well. And that turns into our mission, our purpose. We bring people together from the community to be the hands and feet of God, of Jesus, in our community to provide a stable place for these families to live. Because we know if we can get them into a stable housing situation, they're going to flourish. And we have stories upon stories of families flourishing in our community. So I'm briefly going to share how, how we do that, but I'll be available in the lobby to talk to anybody in more detail. But first, we, we take these families, and we have a pretty stringent application process that they go through to make sure that they are the right partner for us. And I say partner because our ministry is based on a hand up, not a handout. We get it all the time. Hey, I want a free house. We're like, hey, we do too. We're not giving away free houses. Let me tell you how it works. The so families come to us. They go through our application process. They say, we, we agree to partner together. They have to put in 250 sweat equity hours per adult in the household. What that means is they're volunteering in our ministry. They're helping build somebody else's house. They're attending four different workshops. They're specifically focusing on budgeting, financial management, as well as how to be a homeowner. And then finally, they're doing their last volunteer hours on their own home. Then once their home is done, we, they buy their home from us at a 0% interest rate mortgage. Okay, I see some eyes going off there. At the cost it costs us to make the house. Good. Okay? The way we're able to keep the cost really affordable is we use volunteer labor. 80% of our homes are built with people like, by people like you and me. Showing up on a weekday with your company, showing up on a Saturday with your church, swinging a hammer, using a paintbrush. Most people have zero building experience that come out and volunteer with us, but we build a great house. By using volunteer labor, we save fifty dollars to $70,000 on the cost of that house, which then makes it an affordable place for them. That's just a brief overview. Yep. We've built 150 homes in this community for families. We've seen lives changed through 
home ownership for these families, kids succeeding in school and going on to college when they never thought they would actually graduate high school, parents going back and getting their degrees and uh, increasing their ability at work. There's so many great things going on. We're actually about to break ground on six houses just down 40th Street, half mile from here, maybe mile max. And we're looking for people to come alongside and be the hands and feet of Jesus and help provide for families in our community. So again, that's just a quick overview. I'll be in the lobby afterwards, can share details more on how to become a homeowner or how to volunteer. But Jesse and I will keep talking about how we can get Res Life here in Holland yes, engaged. Yes, yes. Hey guys, give it up for Dave. Thank you so much. You know, just to elaborate a little bit more uh, on what Dave's doing, he did say something that I didn't, I didn't mention and it's true. He said, Habitat's a ministry. And I got to meet some of their staff. I got to, actually got to go into their, uh, not their house, um, <laughs> the center, the office areas, and meet a couple of new guys. And a lot of them are just plugged into church as well, too. And they're doing everything they can to get community together. And how many of you guys know that our vision here is to bridge the gap between mankind and God? You know, and the ways that we do that is through hands and feet. And go figure, Jesus grew up as a carpenter, you know, following his, his, his daddy, Joseph, on earth. And his steps. So I'm pretty sure Jesus knew, was pretty cool with the hammer as well, too. But I, I can tell you this, guys. I, I've been spending some time with Dave for like maybe about a year now, possibly. Uh, just reconnect him, hearing a vision about what Habitat's about. We've had some breakfast meetings. We've just prayed some things out. And church, I'm going to ask you guys to do this, okay? Pray, plan, pursue. Pray, plan, pursue because I'm on that journey right now. If you are just wanting to serve outside of these four walls, just get some information from Dave and see what God is going to do in your heart. And whatever you guys can bring to this community is going to be a blessing. Who knows? You might encounter one person that does not know Jesus while you're hammering next to each other. We don't know what God's going to do, but we know all this is for the glory of God. So thank you so much, Dave, for for, for hanging out with us. And one more treat. I told you guys I had two of them. So we have Freddie Cordero, who is really just a near dear friend of ours. He is not a stranger to Resurrection Life Church, Iglesia Vida, but he is heavily a part of the Iglesia Vida in Granville. And he would um, constantly bring us messages in the Spanish side. And me and him were connecting the other day, and we were talking about him bringing a, a message. And I really wanted him to bless you guys today. This is the first time I believe he's doing it in the English service, and he's also uh, speaking in the Spanish service. Uh, and so I'm excited for the word that he has for this church. He's been meditating on it. He's been praying with it. He actually shared it with me, which I said, Freddie, you got to come this Sunday, man. Seriously, I'll, I'll, I'll pause everything right now, and I want you to share this word. So I want you to give a warm welcome to Freddie Cordero. Happy fun, Freddie. Love you, man. Thank you. Thank you. Good morning. Amen. That's awesome. I like what's going on here. That is good. Yes. So God has a lot more in store for church. That's for you. That's for you and I. Yeah, uh, this is the first time that I've ever spoken in the English service. English is not my main language. It's my third. Spanish and Puerto Rican. <laughs> All the two other ones. <laughs> okay, praise God. I'm excited about this, about a word that God has given me for the church. It's not a brand new word. It has always been there in the word. Uh, but 
You know, the church nowadays is probably in the best time that it has ever been. What? With all this going out there, you see that? Yes, I say that because it is exciting to be alive right now. Don't you think so? <laughs> okay, I want you to keep that word with you. I've kept it for, my, for me, and uh, I believe it is for the church nowadays. And I, I asked Pastor Jesse if I could come and share that word. I said, anytime. It doesn't have to be anytime soon, but I guess he got too excited about the word. And he said, no, you come this Sunday. Okay, good. So that's why I'm here. And I'm glad to see you this first time, as I say, that I've been in the English service, and uh, I like what I'm saying, what I'm seeing. Um, and the fact that we and the Spanish, uh, we're one church, right? One church, one body of believers. There are not two bodies of believers. One church, and this is very important, okay? So the name of the message today is Charge, okay? Charge. And later on, I'm going to ask for four volunteers. So um, you're going to be the trumpets, right? You're going to be doing ba 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 And the church is going to say, yeah, but louder next time, okay? That was weak. All right. Well, in many of the sports that we play uh, today, right, there are like two teams within the same team, right? In football and soccer and probably other games, uh, not in baseball, that's the, the, the sport that I play the most, uh, there are two teams, actually. One that is the offensive team, right? And one is the defensive team. One uh, scores the points, and the other one prevents the other team from scoring the points. Two teams. But that is in the sport area, not in your arena, Christian. As far as a Christian is concerned, these two teams do not exist. You hear me? They do not exist. There is only one team, and that is the offensive team. As a Christian, you must always be on the offensive. Do you hear that? Always be on the offensive. Because the Bible doesn't tell you and I that the enemy, our adversary, is resting there, is taking it easy, is just chilling. The Bible does not say that. The Bible says that your enemy, Satan, my enemy, is just walking about, roaring as if it was a lion, seeking whom he may devour. Now, that's a strong word. That's what the Bible says about Satan. He's going around, roaring as a lion. He is not a lion. We know the lion, all right? The lion of the tribe of Judah is not Satan, is God. So he is not a lion, but he pretends to be a lion. But he comes roaring loud and hard, and sometimes we think, wow, that's got to be a big lion that is roaring out there. And yet, it is simply the devil, Satan. And I say simply because God, through this message, and as you well know probably, has already given you and I the tools where we can actually beat this guy. Beat the heck out of it. Beat the hell out of him. Okay? All right? So, um, the Bible clearly tells you that he is going about as a roaring lion seeking who he may devour. Tell your neighbor, that's not me. 
What is to devour? Now, to devour is not simply to eat. It's something more than that. It's a lot more than that. Uh, it says, to use up or destroy as if by eating, to prey upon, to enjoy avidly. Can you imagine what Satan wants to do with you and I, with every Christian? And we can find that in 1 Peter 5.8. Concerning this enemy of yours and of mine, you can just be on the, on the defensive. You can't be on the defensive only. Okay? But always you must be on the offensive. Today, you don't have the luxury. Church, this is not going to be a pretty word today. I'll tell you this. It's not going to be a pretty word, but it's going to be a very refreshing word for you to hear this morning. It's going to be a word of encouragement for you and I as a church of the living God here in Holland. This is very important that we understand this word because God is in us, in the church, in the body of Christ. And we are, like the word says, more than overcomers, more than conquerors. So let's hear this word. As a Christian, you may not, listen to this, you may not take a vacation in the spirit. Okay? All right. Everybody has taken vacations now. I didn't. Too bad. <laughs> you have taken vacations, gone and, and come back, and praise God, it was a great time we spent at the park. That's awesome. But as a Christian, I mean, in the spiritual aspect of it, you may not take a, you can't afford it. You can't take a vacation in the spiritual area because you know what the devil doesn't take a vacation either he's always trying to do something to you he's bad guys he's a bad dude okay when i think about a christian being in the defensive listen to this in the defensive mode i i see a christian who is doing everything he can to survive this Christian is doing everything he can to survive. I see a Christian retrieving, going back, and see him or her against the stone. That's what I see when I see a Christian in a defensive mode. My lips are drying fast. Excuse me, okay? I wish you had to have some. It's really good. Okay. I need four volunteers. Who would like to volunteer this morning to be a trumpet? I need two over here, and I need two over there. Go ahead, brother. I need two, one more here, and one more over there. All right, great. Okay. Wow. Awesome. Four guys? Okay. All right. Very good. Go ahead and phrase the people, the church. You're going to be trumpets. And when I say the word charge, that's only the cue for you guys to go. Ba -ba 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 -ba. And the church goes? No, 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 no. The church goes? That's a lot better. Okay? Let's practice this. What do you think? All right? Charge. All right, let's do that again. <laughs> you guys don't do it too fast. Wait for them. All right? Are you ready? All right, charge. Listen to that once more. Charge. <laughs> what do you all think? Okay, you like it? All right, me too. 
All right, we're going to do that in certain times over here, okay? Because the name of this message is charge. And what do you do when you... <laughs> okay. <laughs> Man, that wasn't even planned. I'm sorry. That's good. That's good. That's good. Okay, let's do this. Every time you hear the word charge, from now on, you're going to do... Ba -ba 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 -ba. You're going to do charge. Thank you, brother. That was good. Jesus, right? Okay. So, um, on the one hand... Uh, on the other hand, when I think of a Christian who is in the offensive mode, that's you, okay? So from now on, I'm going to identify you as a Christian who is in the offensive mode, not the defensive mode. So when I think of a Christian who is in the offensive mode, I see him or her moving forward, attacking, right? Pushing back the enemy, actually winning. Charge. Okay, so the questions are the following. How can a Christian be in the offensive mode? What is being in the offensive mode, or what does that mean? Or what must you do to stay on the offensive mode? Okay, how many of you think that the Word of God has the answer to these questions? Okay, very good. Who is... Uh, actually, let's go, if you can, go ahead and project Ephesians 6, 10 through 17, and just leave that there, please, okay? And I'm trying these glasses, and I don't like it too much. All right, Ephesians 10, uh, 6, 10 through 17, and we're doing this uh, with the New King James Version. It begins by saying, finally, my brothers and sisters, or brethren, Finally, my brothers and sisters, be strong in the Lord and in the power of whose might? Okay, his might. It tells you and I, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Who is your strength, in other words? Where does your strength come from or where or who does it come from? Where is your victory are some of the questions that we're going to be answering today. Well, the only answer to these questions, actually, okay, is God, is the Word of God. Well, no, we, we're, I'm not here to tell you the Word of God for nothing. The reason I'm here is to tell you, just to remind you, actually, not to tell you, because you've heard this from Pastor Jesse and others, that your victory is based, is found on the Word of God. I mean, not, that, not the pages of the Word of God, but the Word of God within you. This is how you can actually obtain the victory. Not becoming upset with your neighbor. Your neighbor has nothing to do with this. It's all Satan, your enemy, the adversary, the enemy of the souls. He wants to give you a hard time here while on earth. Praise God. Smile, you all. We have the victory in Jesus. Hey, he didn't put us in here. And he didn't put his holy and wonderful spirit within you to see you defeated. Right? No way. You are an overcomer, and I don't say that. The Word of God says that. My strength, my power, and my victory are only found in God. In my relationship with God, my Father. In my relationship with Jesus Christ, my Savior. And in my relationship with the Holy Spirit, the power source. Woo! Man, that's exciting. I want you to repeat after me. My strength, my power, and my victory are only found in God. 
in my relationship with God, my Father, in my relationship with Jesus, my Savior, and in the Holy Spirit, my power source. Amen. And the good thing about this is that the power source doesn't have to be connected to anything. You know, the Holy Spirit within you is already connected with the power source, God himself. We never run, listen to this, we never run out of power. There is, then, where my victory is found on nothing else. God, my relationship with God, Jesus, his son, and the Holy Spirit. As the hymn says, all other ground is what? Is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. Be strong. Who? Be strong. Who? You. You have to be strong. You in the Lord and in the power of his might. Not your might or anyone else's, but God's might. The question is, how do I do this? Charge. Wow, that was a great response. All right. Put on the whole armor of God, right? The Bible says, put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil or the evil one. You know, I was picturing God with an armor. Because it clearly says here, put on the armor of who? God. So I see, forgive me for my vision, <laughs> I see God with his armor put on. The armor that uh, is described over here. The armor of God. Whose armor? The armor of God. By putting on his armor. By putting on his armor. Wearing every day. In fact. In fact. When you put on your armor of God. The armor of God. Don't ever take it off. Don't take it off. Take it off. Take off everything else. They need to take off, but never take off the armor of God that you have just put on. So by putting on his armor is the only way that we can stand the wiles of the enemy. What the heck is wiles? I mean, I know what it was. You know, Spanish, you know speaking Spanish and Puerto Rican only, I didn't know what it was. So wiles are tricks or manipulations designed to deceive. These are the wiles of the enemy. Okay, tricks and manipulations designed to deceive you and to trick you. God has a special armor for you, church. That armor is special because it was designed in heaven. You know, God didn't go to the uh, shop over here, to the welder shop, and say, Let, let's do something over here for, for uh, the Christians so they can be uh, taken care of, you know. No, this armor was designed by God himself in heaven. This armor that you are wearing right now is an armor of the kingdom of God for use on the earth. Not in heaven. I mean, I don't want to wear an armor in heaven. I don't need to. Satan will not be there. <laughs> there will be no wiles of the enemy against me. This armor is for you and for now. For right now, to withstand, to have the victory. And God says that you have to wear this armor this way. What for? Here's the reason. That you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. 
The reason for you and I, as children of God, no, I'd rather say as sons and daughters of God, because a child has yet to inherit, we are sons because we have already inherited his precious promises. They belong to you, and they belong to me. So we wear this, this uh, armor of God, okay, to, to win, basically to win. Here's the reason that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And why this particular armor and not another one? Well, number one, because it is the only one that works. It is the only one that works against the following. Charge. All right, trumpets. All right, trumpets. All right, trumpets. Get together now. Okay. Hey, thank you. Thanks a lot, you know. <laughs> Thanks a lot. I know you don't have to do that if you don't want to. If you don't want to, you didn't have to stand over here. But you st- now you're here, you better do it right. All right. <laughs> Verse 12 says, for we do not wrestle. The Bible says that you do not wrestle, okay, against flesh and blood, right? Okay. If it was against flesh and blood, we could kill the flesh and blood, and they would disappear from our path. But it's not against flesh and blood. It's not against your, 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 uh, your enemy. It's not against your neighbor. No. But against the following stuff. Here are four things that we wrestle against. Look at this. Against principalities. Against powers. Against the rulers of the darkness of this age or this world. And against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Whoa. That's the A-team of the bad stuff. That's against principalities. You wrestle. I wrestle. We wrestle. We're in this together, church. You understand? We're in this together. You're not wrestling by yourself. Hopefully, you're not wrestling by yourself. You have the church, the body of Christ. If we wrestle against all these, you know, we can come together and wrestle together against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age or this world, and against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. You and I wrestle against the elite team of the bad spiritual world, and they are bad, right? Now, this is not a sad story. It's not going to end there. They are bad, okay? But it's not going to end there. Never. It never ends there when we are with God, when he is with us, right? If it ended there... I'll just drop this microphone and go home. I would do that. But it doesn't end there. He never leaves you hanging. Never. Hear this, young, young people, and everybody, actually. So you and I wrestle against the elite team of the bad spiritual world. And believe it or not, all this bad team wants to do is just give you a hard time. This elite team wants to give you, Christian, wants to give you a hard time. Make it really hard and tough for you to be a Christian in this world. This is a bad spiritual enemy who all it wants to see is you fail as a son or daughter of the most living God. It would love to see you give up as a Christian and, so to speak, throw the towel and say, that's it. Okay, I give up. That's what they want you to do. Can you believe it? That's how bad they are. They want you to throw the towel and say, that's it. I'm finished. I'm gone. I'm going to call it quits. I can't do it anymore. 
That's what the devil wants you to do. And if you do that, he'll be just laughing his head off. He's like, I told you, I knew he wasn't that strong. I knew he wasn't a strong Christian. I knew she wasn't a strong Christian. Yeah, yeah, talk, talk. They talk like crazy. Yeah, yeah. But never, never walk the walk. You know, because sometimes it's all talk. And never walk. But God is telling you today, it's time. And please do not, I don't want to offend anybody. I'm not saying that, you know, you're not this way or you are this way. What I'm saying is that if you have been a Christian for a long time, if you have a good relationship, a good relationship with God, the Holy Spirit, the Father, Jesus Christ, just keep having that good relationship. Your victory is found there. Charge. Church, you're responding awesome. Okay? It doesn't want you to continue to be the salt and the light of the earth. Not even the sugar of the earth. Okay? That's not in the Bible, but I just added that. The salt of the earth. Okay? You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of this world. Do you know that Jesus is no longer here? Right? Jesus is gone, guys. Jesus is gone. He is no longer here. If he were here, then I would just, you know, you know, the devil is talking at my door. Say, Jesus, go ahead and answer the door. You know, I would say, Jesus, go ahead and fight for me. But he is not here. He's gone. But he said, it is convenient that I leave or that I go. Because if I go, I will send the other comforter or the comforter. Who is that comforter? Holy Spirit of the living God. He is gone now. So guess who is within you? Who is within you, church? Say it out loud. Hey, don't be afraid of that. Don't be afraid of saying, the Holy Spirit resides or lives within me. The address of the Holy Spirit is in here. Not out here beside you. He is not with you. No, he is within you. Church, I'm talking to you today. I don't care who you are. I'm talking to you because the Holy Spirit is inside of you. Man, that is so exciting. I can see the excitement. I mean, it's so exciting. The Holy Spirit is within you. Say with me. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is inside of me. Please believe that. I don't say that. The Word of God said it. And I was going to read verses 14 through 18, uh, but I am not. But it just says so many things about us having the victory. You have a homework is to go home and read verses 14 through 18. Okay. You don't have to raise your hand if you don't want to, but let me ask you something. How many of you have ever lost anything of great valor? Okay. How many of you think that Satan has stolen something from you? Like, for example, a good job. Man, I thought this job was for me. And I prayed and I prayed and I asked God and I believed and yet it went somewhere else. A good relationship. How many of you have lost a good relationship, a good friend, a great friend, a great neighbor, a house or something like that? Excuse me. You know what? Satan likes to steal from Christians. He loves to steal 
from you and I. Uh huh. And sadly, some Christians simply let him do that. You want to take it? You want to take it? You want to take it? Okay, it's yours. No resistance. No resistance at all. But this is a new generation. The same old church with the same power just acting upon it. That's you, Iglesia Vida. Resurrection Life, that is you. It's your new way of, of doing things. You know, business as usual, no longer accepted. Okay? Business as usual, no longer accepted. You can't be a victorious Christian and live just a regular life. Okay? Satan likes to steal from Christians. And sadly, some Christians simply let him steal it from their hands. Tell your neighbor, uh-uh, not from me. Okay, I heard that. I kind of heard it. Today, you are uh, called to claim that which was stolen by Satan. How many of you would like to have all that was taken from you restored to you? How many? Very few? Okay. You know what? Let's do a charge right here. Very good. All right. You should get upset. No, not with Pastor Jesse. You should get upset with your enemy, the devil. You should really, really get upset with him, with a robber, and confront him in the name that is above every name. And you know who that name is. You were that name right over here. You belong to him. And reclaim what you've lost. What is yours. We might not be able to put him behind bars tonight. Okay. But we can surely give him a hard time. The devil wants to turn around and give you a hard time as a Christian. We can turn around and give him a really, really hard time. Because you got the power. You got the power. We have the power, guys. Gals, we have the power in him. Okay? It might be a little hard, but it's never impossible. Never is impossible. Charge! I'm here. No, I'm sure. There are many in here today that are giving the devil hell. Well, guess what? Keep giving it to him. Your enemy, the devil, is not, hear me, is not stronger than the God that is inside of you. He wants you to think, no, you're a weak link. Are you the weak link? You're weak. No. Do not let a thought like that come to your mind. Because he just wants to deceive you. Remember, he's the father of lies. And he wants to lie to you right up straight to your face, brother. He wants to tell you, you can't do that. You can never amount to anything. You can get that job that you've always wanted. No way. No, you can't raise your son the right way or your daughter the right way. You can tell him right there, you are a liar. You, are a, you can stop him on his tracks and tell him, you better backpedal. Because you're not going to have it with me. I am the son of God. I am the daughter of the most high God. And he is within me. And he that is within me is stronger than you, devil, than he that is in the world. You have the victories to, 
uh, guys, I'm a teacher, so I always, almost said students. <laughs> well, students, you have the victory. Submit yourselves to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Do you know what flee is? Flee is just not retrieving, okay, no, all right, no. It says over here that flee is, where are you flee? Is run away as fast as he can. <laughs> can you imagine, brother, if the devil came to you and you said, no, not with me, in the name of Jesus, out. Say with me, in the name of Jesus, out. And you know what? He's going to flee from you. Boy, he's going to run so fast. And you're going to turn around and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Because the strength is not you, right? It is the God within you. Charge. So, the medicine for victory against the devil is resisting with the word of God. All right? Resist. Make it hard for him at least. Resist with the word. A temptation comes your way, you know, go ahead and say it. Get away from me, Satan. And say it immediately. Don't wait for that thought comes to you and, and have, you know, what is, what is that? Just, just be in the mind and then let it come to your heart. As soon as a thought comes to you, Christians, this is for you and for me. This is life or death word. When, the, when Satan, not if, when, because he will always do that. When he comes to you, immediately stop him and say, not with me, in the name of Jesus, out right now. Something wants to creep up your mind, you can say, stop, right now. Not to your neighbor, <laughs> not to your wife, not to your husband, not to your kids. You say that to Satan, stop right now, in the name of Jesus. A bad thought comes to your mind, you can say, no, I have the mind of Christ out of my mind in Jesus' name. Tell your neighbor this. Satan is going to have a tough time with you. You know what? Say it again. Satan is going to have a tough time with you. This is being in the offensive. Telling the devil where to go. And attacking him with the word of God. This is being in the offensive. Go ahead. And use the word of God as your weapons of his destruction. Use the word of God as the weapons of his destruction. The only thing is that you have to have the word of God in your heart. Oh, yeah. The word tells me that God has not given me a spirit of fear. But what? Of power, of love, and a sound mind or self-control. Church. God has not left you alone. In fact, he'll never leave you alone nor forsake you. Even though sometimes you say, where are you, God? When I needed you the most, when I needed you the most, when it was most difficult for me, I only saw two, I only saw two footprints. And he turns around, son, that's when I was carrying you. The footprints of God, he'll never leave you nor forsake you. He'll never do that. It is a promise. True, though. Resist him now. Resist him a few minutes later. Resist him an hour later. You know how it goes. You know, but every time he comes against you, you know what to do. Use the word of God to resist and get rid of him. 
charge. The battle is not easy, but the victory is yours. It has been obtained by Jesus for you. Listen, you don't even have to fight a whole lot. I mean, you have to do your part. I got to do my part. But the victory has been assured by God. Church, you have the victory in him. It has been obtained by Jesus on the cross for you. So go ahead and have it. As you continue to declare the word of God for your victories, begin to believe what 2 Thessalonians 3 says. But the Lord is faithful who will establish you and guard you from the evil one. What a promise. Last time, charge. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm done. Hey, trumpet ears, thank you so very much. You guys are awesome. You guys, give it up one more time for Freddie Cordero and that word. You know, it, when he shared that with him on the phone, he didn't tell me the charge part, and I'm excited. I wish I could have done that on the phone with him. Joking. You know, on a serious note, you guys, it really is a, a, a word that the, the church needs to hear. You know, and I, I believe a lot of times we disqualify ourselves because of the, the circumstances we face, situations we go through, seasons, storms, waves coming at me. But let me tell you something. You're not alone in that boat. Number one, we all go through seasons. But number two, the one within you is greater than the one that's out here. And we have to remember that. We've got the armor of God. And I love what Freddie said earlier. He talked about Jesus is not here. And he's right because he's in heaven representing you while you represent him here on earth. It's a relationship, not a religion. Christianity is not a religion. It's a kingdom. And we have to serve the king like he served us. Because there's a mission that needs to be fulfilled. And it doesn't require a microphone, it doesn't require a platform, and it doesn't require lights. It requires an obedient heart to go wherever you need to go and share the good news of Jesus. And if that doesn't stir you up, I don't know what will. But it starts with the name of Jesus. The book of Acts chapter 14, it talks about there is no other name but Jesus. Romans talks about if you just confess with your mouth and believe with your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior, you'll be saved. And the big question could be, well, saved from what? And the answer is this. It's simple. Saved from eternal separation from your God. You don't have to wait till you get to heaven to find out, did I make it? You can know right now according to what the scriptures tell us. And he says, the Holy Spirit, everyone say Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is your guaranteed deposit that you are a citizen in heaven. So the moment you say yes to Jesus and he comes in your heart, his spirit's in your heart, that is the guaranteed deposit. The kingdom is yours. Let's go ahead and close our eyes and bow our head. I just want to give an invitation. Can I just extend an invitation? And that's what it is. No pressure, no deals, just a father that wants to reach out to his children. If you look at God as more as the creator of your life, he wants you to go a step further. He says, I want you to be my child, the children of my life. Because there is a difference. If you think I know everything about God, God says, no, I want to know you intimately, more, so you can grow. 
But the way to do this is by accepting Jesus Christ in your heart. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can go to the Father except through me. And Jesus gave his life, went through the burial, went through the resurrection, and ascended in heaven, and gave you the promise of the Spirit so you could say yes to him. So with all eyes closed, if that is you on the count of three, can you just lift your hand up so I can, I can lead you in a prayer? All eyes closed. God is calling you right now, not into religion, into a relationship with him. One, two, three. Shoot your hand up right now. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Anybody else? This is your time right now. Anybody else in this room? Awesome. We are going to do this like as a church family. Everyone put one hand over your heart. And let's, let's, let's do it with these people that made the decision because this is a huge deal. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for your heart that's after my life. I ask you to forgive me of all my sins I committed against you. But by faith, because of the good news, because of what Jesus did, I can receive your forgiveness right now. I am no longer identified to my past. I know I am a new creation in you. And the days ahead of me are bright. Thank you, Father, for putting your spirit in me. Help me live for you the rest of my life. In the name of Jesus Christ, and we all say, Amen and amen. Go ahead and give it up for those that made a decision.